This is Queen speaking. What's the difference between a boss and a queen? When you're a queen, you're owning every aspect of your life. From work to money to relationships, there are no boundaries. You can't pause who you are. The challenge is how to own it. What makes you, you? We're in this together. Let's break out of our comfort zone and learn the tools to rise to our own potential. Hit your goals, then set the bar higher. Ready to join us? Welcome to Queen Speaking. I'm Brianna. And I'm Sydney. Let's get started. Yeah. So what we're going to do today is talk about company culture. But before we do that, we want to start with our budget update. Sid, I know that you've been on this track to being financially adept, Mm -hmm. just aware and fixing some of the probs that you've had. Yes. So I'm really excited to announce that I've been working with my faux accountant. I'm trying to make that one word. Accountant. That sounds like a (laughs) negative word that we should not say on air. (laughs) Well, Chelsea is my faux accountant. accountant. And what she's done recently is put me on this mega awesome budget, which means that she's taken all of my statements and all my credit card information, everything that, and I trust her. She's one of my best friends, but I given her all this information for the last, like probably six months, five or six months worth of worth of information and had her go through it. And this is fun for her, which is why she's my faux accountant because she doesn't even do this for work. This is something that she truly enjoys, which shocks me. Well, still. doesn't she, as part of her like life career move, she does the books for the business that she does. She and her husband own. So yes, okay. yes, they, they own. So she has skills in this area. She does. Yes. She graduated <laughs> with like an accounting slash economics degree. She she loves numbers. She's like super type A. And this is something that she really loves. And she does. You're right. She does do the books for her and her husband's business, which is called STA Sports Performance in Buffalo, New York. If you're out that way, free plug for Chell. Um, but this is something that she's been wanting me to do for a while. And she knows that I couldn't do it without her help. So she took all the information, broke down a budget for me, gave me envelopes and made me take out cash. And it was very uncomfortable for me in the beginning. Um, but I'm feeling really good. We're about a week in at this point. And um, she's been checking in and really wonderful and making me feel like this is something I can do, which is a brand new feeling for me. So I feel like one of the helpful things um, about this type of budgeting for you specifically and obviously for other people out there that live in this world where they're trying to like get a grasp on how they're spending their money is that to not think about swiping your card all the time if that was Mm -hmm. like your problem where it was like oh i'll just swipe my credit card you're actually physically holding the cash and like thinking about okay this is a hundred dollars that i have for groceries this week here's how much i'm spending you're handing it over i think having cash associated with each of the the pieces of where you're spending money on a monthly basis helps you have a better understanding of where how how that feels to spend $100 because when it's on your credit card even if you're paying off your credit card statement at the end of every month just to like to swipe is is nothing when you're like oh it's 3.99 here it's 4.99 here but when you see it all added up at the end you're like whoa right so yeah. to have the hand over the cash and know oh my gosh i only have $20 left in this envelope for the rest of the month whoops yeah like I need how to do think i deal about with this. that exactly and she said 
said, so she's broken it down by pay period for me. So what she's saying is like, let's look at the first pay period, see how everything goes. So she's wonderful. And I know that she does this for other people. And I'm very lucky that she's been such a good friend to me and is doing this. But I know she's been working with other people doing kind of the same process. And she will say like, take the first two weeks, see how you feel, see if we need to make any adjustments. She's checking in, we make phone calls and the whole thing. And it's just been such such a good process for me to learn how to do this better, but also to have the support that she's been giving me for with the check-ins and everything like that has really made the process feel like something I can take on. And it doesn't feel like too much. It feels like something that's attainable at this point when it always just felt so far away. It just felt like something I wasn't going to be able to do. So that's my budget update. We're going to do this every week. Just so you guys know, if anybody else is out there kind of struggling with budgeting or finances or anything like that, we're doing this just to say like, you're not alone. I'm working on it too. I know Brianna's working on it as well. So we want to hear from you about your budget updates and see how everything's going. And if anybody wants my faux accountant, faux accountant's email or phone number, I will give it to you. (laughs) Chelsea's going to get bombarded. I think it's important too, because this type of conversation is like, everybody always says like, don't talk about money, don't talk about finances, but it's something that we need to talk about. And it's something that you need to be held accountable for. And like, even just the conversations that you and I have when you update me about this stuff, or like, if you're, you text me and you're like, Hey, guess what? Or like, we're going out shopping. This is all I have. Me knowing that up front, I'm not going to make you spend extra money. Oh, gosh. Yeah, that was such an experience. <laughs> and and it also makes me hold my myself accountable because I'm in a different... Like, I don't necessarily... I have a pretty solid idea of where I should be spending my money and, and all of that because I've already gone through a lot of what you've gone through when I was in like my very structured, budget-friendly zone that I was in in the past. And so it really does help. Like once you get comfortable with that, you can then transition to like, you just know you, yeah. Like you don't have to have the envelopes anymore just as like a future thing, but you need to live it and experience it first to like feel what it feels like to, to hand hand over over that cash. Yeah. But for me, one of the things that I worked on just as like a, a Brianna update, um, I, have signed up for a local CSA, which is like a crop share. It's a bunch of different fruits and vegetables from local farms. And it's awesome. And it literally costs me under $17 a week. And so because of it, yeah, it's amazing. So everything that I buy each week basically is like finding ways to purchase um, additions off of those. Like what meals can I make because of this week I got corn and sweet potatoes and like some other things, but like what kind of meals can I make off of that? So I'll go grocery, like do a full grocery shop based off of those things. And for me, I'm holding myself accountable from the standpoint of like, okay, what can I do to make sure that I'm actually using these local vegetables and like eating vegetables and eating better because it's kind of like a dual fold of like wellness plus spending health and spending yeah so i've actually um challenged myself to not fall into that like comfort zone of like ordering takeout when Mm -hmm. i feel hungry or just like grabbing something on the go um if i'm out for a meeting or whatever um because i work from home it really makes a lot of sense for me to 
prep some meals in advance so that I can just have like a quick and easy lunch or a quick and easy breakfast and just having an idea of like what could I make with the things that I have and so I prepped like two different meals and like had soups and um, some lentils and roasted carrots and a bunch of stuff that I was able to just like quickly heat up and like have a super healthy easy lunch and I literally didn't spend any money dining out this week at all wow snaps for you which if anyone knows me that's that's hard shocking that's tough yeah that's tough that's a big accomplishment because yes i know you very well and know that that even not even you know like when we go out and stuff like that but the grab and go when you're kind of on the move because you have days where you've back to back to back meetings but to consciously say I have enough in the fridge to either go home to or eat really quick before I leave like to have all that on hand is pretty incredible so yeah yeah and to be out and say I don't need to stop at X, Y, and Z sandwich shop because I have delicious vegetable chili waiting for me at home. Which sounds really awesome, especially now that it's chili outside. (laughs) (laughs) So again, we'll keep you guys abreast of all the things that we're working on because this is an important topic that we all need to be aware of and uh, just conscious of the efforts that we're putting into making smart life choices and being financially independent, strong, badass women. Yes, loves it. On to our next segment, which is recently added. We are going to talk about every week a quote or a discussion or an article that kind of like piqued our interest that week and why and give just a brief kind of background of why it did. And we'll share it again, like in the show notes. Um, But we'll get into that segment now. My article this week was, it was really interesting and I kind of just came across it organically. I think on, oh, I know how it was. So I sometimes I'll scroll Twitter in the morning, you know, just to get like my morning news and kind of in a summary type of way. And when I was scrolling through, someone had retweeted an article from Inc.com about Elon Musk. And if you don't know who he is, he's the founder and owner of Tesla and it was about the response that he had to the crisis that's happening in Puerto Rico. Um, And what he did was just say, I want to help. We have this, um, this program where it's like battery storage technology and solar energy technology that we want to share with you so you can get your power back. Because as we know, most of Puerto Rico is still without power weeks after the hurricane hit. So the article was, don't tell us what to think, give us something to think about. And what I loved about it was that Elon Musk is very much about action. So he's not just talking about things, but he's really acting on what he's talking about and the things that I took away from it. So what inspired me about it was that it really makes you think about how you're approaching your work. Like, are you changing the conversation? Are you taking action? Are you making things happen? And I really loved the way that that was kind of posed in this article. Um, And I loved the headline of it. One of the pieces of it was like, this should be required reading if you think about marketing at all during your day. And I'm like, click, because yes. (laughs) And now I need to know what you're talking about. Um, And it just, it really struck me in a way that said, 
are you talking to people like people? Are you talking about a product? Are you talking about how your product can change lives? And that's kind of the basis of what the article was because Elon Musk has this product that will literally save lives in Puerto Rico. And it really talked about when you're talking about your product and when you're posing it to your community, are you talking about it in a way that's going to solve a problem? Are you talking about it in a way that's going to make the connection more authentic between you and someone else? Or are you just talking about it because like you need this product now? Like that doesn't hit hearts and minds that hits wallets. And that's the last thing I want to be thinking about when I'm thinking about buying something that might be kind of expensive, I want to think about how it's going to change my life. Um, So that was my article for the week that I thought was super inspirational and a great way to think about how we connect with the people around us. I think um, kind of going off that same point, I read, uh, you sent me that article, so I read it afterward and I was like, yes. (laughs) But I read something on Fast Company, which similar. (laughs) Um, But in that mode of thinking about what resonates with people from a brand perspective of like what brands are still relevant today among millennials versus baby boomers. Mm. And like kind of going off that same thread is that the brands today that actually talk about what they're doing to change the world in a way that's not like, you know, there's obviously an element of like being humble and like you know, we're working toward all of these great things. You know, replenishing water and cleaning um, the the water in different areas because that's something that actually helps our products be better for the rest of the world. So um, thinking, tying your brand to things that actually impact all of us, especially in this realm where there's so much natural disaster that's taking place right now, which is really scary from that perspective of being a brand and thinking about and whether that's like a personal perspective of like what you're doing as yourself, but also how you're connecting with people and how you're connecting with your communities, just understanding that there's an important emotional tie that you should be having with everything that you're talking about, because that's what resonates with people. It's just that concept of like, we're giving back what we're doing actually matters to you because this connects you to this. And I think if there's anything that really matters right now, it's that connection piece and like having some kind of element of emotion within what you're doing and how you talk about your brand Um, and doing it in a way that isn't Mm self-serving. That's an important thing. And so I think that's just a relevant way that we should be uh, evaluating our lives and and how we're spending our money too, because we should also be supporting brands that actually have an impact on our society in a positive way. Yeah, now more than ever, absolutely. And I love what you said about you know that being humble aspect. And while that is important, and I do value that, one of the things that I loved about this article is the last bullet. I think on um, the list was be a hero, be the hero, and do the work that's going to make you the hero and not to say like take all the praise and kind of revel in all of that uh, success that you've had. But what does it feel like to, to save someone? What does it feel like to create something that is either saving a life or making a connection or, or making something stronger for someone else? Like being that hero gives you the empowerment that I feel like is 
pretty amazing to really push past any of the negative emotions or any of the negative thoughts that might be going like, Oh no, I don't want the attention. Like, Oh no, I don't want to like, I don't want to call too much on me because of what I'm doing. Like, no, if what you're doing is helping people and making something better for the people around you, then call as much attention to it as you possibly can, because it's only benefiting our world. And that's exactly what we need right now is more heroes and celebrating the heroes that we have to look at every single day. So I love, I, I love the humble, but I also love that moment where we're like, stand on the rooftop and tell everybody all these amazing things that you and your team and everybody around you are bringing to the table. So it's a beautiful thing. It is. All right. Let's, uh, let's dive into the topic at hand, Sid, give it to me straight. So today's topic is we're focusing on company culture, which I know can be kind of huge, which I totally appreciate. But what we're going to focus on is how you can affect company culture when you're not the boss. So me personally, I'm not the boss, but I hope that in some way I can have an effect on company culture based on my ideas and what I'm bringing to the table. So that's what we really wanted to talk about today. Um, I went to a really wonderful panel where this was the thing that these women talked about. There were four women on this panel, all in leadership positions. But what I loved about what they were talking about was that they called on their entire workplace community to enhance the culture that they're in every day. And I think that's a hugely empowering moment for someone who might be, you know, looking at these women from a perspective of, I just started this company and I have no reputation here and they want to know my opinion. How cool is that? So I think that's a thing for the leadership that's listening to ask the people around you what they can do to contribute to the company culture, but also people who might have been in their position Um, for a while, but aren't in a leadership position, you have a voice. I think the other thing that's important too to think about is that um, just in general, the number of people who are actually coming to the table and saying yay or nay to certain businesses and certain positions that they're being offered and are evaluating company culture when they're stepping through those doors and having that interview from like day one, they're, they're thinking about it. They're asking those opinions are probably reading online Mm -hmm. uh, because there's so many different uh, avenues at which you can, you know, gather that information, whether it's glass door or, you know, through LinkedIn or other questions that you can ask certain people that are in your network of just like, Hey, I saw that you worked here or through recommendations. So it's something to think about too, of like, before you're even hiring people, what their perspective is, because they're going to, they're thinking about it too. They're making their decisions about where they want to work based on the information that they're gathering from, from their own networks and their own research. Absolutely. And I think that talks specifically to your customers might love you, but if the people who work for you don't love you, then they're going to be, they might need that job and that's why they're still there and they're doing their work. But if they're not going to give the person, you know, on the other side of the door, who's looking for that job that you're, you need desperately to fill, they're not giving them a good review of the company culture and how they're valued as an employee. That's what they're going to talk about. And it's unfortunate, but it's something that can absolutely be changed. Um, and the people who, again, aren't kind of in that corner office with all that view and window space, they matter and you can have that voice and, and kind of affect company culture if you're not super happy with it right now. So, and it's true in the realm of 
the world that we live in today that people are actually going to make the decision of like, hey, I'm going to work hard today because I feel like what I say and what I do actually matters. And when you don't have that element in the um, business group that you work for or the team that you're trying to build or the volunteers that are supporting you, you have to have that that basis or that foundation of like a very intentional culture, um, just the element. Speci- there, I think, you know, there are some specific tactics that Sid can outline for sure um, on how to actually implement this in a way that's effective because it really does come to fruition in a lot of ways where people will feel connected or they won't feel connected and then they will be productive or they will not be productive and that's the nature of the world at at face value for sure absolutely because happy employees create happy customers and it's a cycle that will never end and and at some point there might have been a way to lead with fear but i think now that's just that's just not working anymore and people are seeing that valuing your employees and listening to them and opening your door is going to create a better customer experience because they're happy and they want to make the people that either buy from you or use your services they want to make them happy too because now they're they're fully invested in the service that you're bringing to the table and they're part of it and they're voices heard at it. And and that matters to so many. And, you know, I'm coming at this from the perspective of someone who's 28 years old too. So, but I think more and more I'm hearing, especially women, but men as well, who are older than, than you and I, than Brianna and I, um, that are like, I value this too. Like, this is not just, if you're tempted to say this is just a millennial thing, it is not, um, it is a human thing for sure. And, um, that's what we're here to talk about today is how you as a human (laughs) in any position at your company can have a voice or at least begin the conversation, hopefully about how you're feeling about company culture and what you might be able to make an impact in while you're there. And I think the, the lists that are shared out there in the world of like the top 50 places to work for, a lot of it has to do with the act that they're put the effort that they're putting into to make great places for people to work in, whether that's a physical space, a remote place, what mm-hmm. have you. Yeah, and that's what I'm excited to talk about too a little bit because Brianna and I are coming at this from different perspectives environment-wise, where I'm I'm in an office and what we'll talk about today isn't necessarily our personal experience, but it'll be interesting to hear our kind of takes on different pieces of pieces of advice that we've found based on remote versus in office experience and what that kind of looks like. So I'm excited to to dive in. Well said. Speak Queens. Queens. (laughs) So this is a new segment for us. This is the part where we'll share a little bit about what we've found around the topic of discussion today. So again, what we're talking about is company culture and how you can have a voice in that no matter what position you're in. I think You know, when I was looking for stuff on this, I have my own personal feelings about it, but I was really looking for evidence to make sure that I wasn't just in my brain saying like, yeah, this is really good information. But a lot of what I was thinking was also verified um, through a few different articles that I found. Um, But one of the things I really want to start off with is the mission of your organization and how most companies 
do have a mission and a vision for their organization. But I think what's super important is also identifying what your mission is for your department. So if you like where I work now, we operate as a whole for the organization, but my team has it has the mission at heart, but we operate on it differently. So we're thinking about how we serve students differently. We're thinking about all those things in kind of a different way. So I would love to see kind of a mission for just our department and how that can impact the work that we do across the organization that I work for. So I think having a, like a personal mission statement for you as an individual, how that fits into the mission of your team and how that fits into the mission of your organization all helps you feel super, super connected to what you're doing. To have something that like falls into a very specific, this is my role and this is what I bring to the table and reminding yourself like how you fit into that puzzle is really important because if that's something that's constantly reiterated on, you know, from the CEO, from your manager, from yourself, to, you know, if you are personally a manager and you're sharing that with your team, I think we're creatures of habit and mm-hmm. creatures of consistency and just like, you know, we run our, our routines and that's fine. Yeah. But when we're reminded of the things that we're working toward, it just is like that. It's like a light bulb goes off and you're immediately like refreshed. It's like the refresh button on Chrome when you're working. And you're like, okay, we're good. We're back. We're connected. The Wi-Fi's there. The page <laughs> we're is working. <laughs> we're on track. We're doing what we're supposed to be doing. Which is all super important. Yeah. I think one of the things we might have forgotten to mention is defining company culture, which I guess I feel like I've been saying it so much lately that maybe it doesn't need a definition for all of you out there. But I think thinking through like, what does that mean company culture? I think for me personally, it means when you're walking into your office every day, like, what are you feeling? What are you working on? How are you contributing? What is, what makes you happy to be there? Do you feel valued as an employee at your organization? All of those components, I think kind of make up company culture. I don't know if Brianna, you have anything that you feel again, like as a remote person, like I'm physically walking into an office, but from your perspective, it's kind of the mentality around your company, I guess, maybe more so than a physical feeling. Yeah. And so one of the beautiful things about the company that I work for is that from day one, you just like the interviews when you're just going through the interview process, you understand what the culture is. Like there is just an immediate, like fun, quirky, um, relatable, like friendly vibe. That's just part of the mix. Everybody's like curious about what you're doing, what your life is and ask questions it's really nice. And so when I walked into um, like our new hire training at this point, like nearly five years ago, um, I still remember that moment because it like totally resonates throughout all the years that I've been there. Mm-hmm. And just to walk into a room and know that every experience from the beginning has been pretty similar. Like knowing that you're going to get a similar vibe, a similar interaction. People are obviously different. We had, you know, I think the lovely thing about 
the community manager team is that there's a lot of, there's a mix. Like there are people who are introverts, there are people who are extroverts, there are people who, you know, have a little bit more of the, um, the like, I'm a people person and I'm wild and I have a crazy personality. And there are people who are a little bit more introspective and like creative still. Yes. But like not necessarily the life of the party or like the center of attention. And so like to have that mix of like so many different personalities, but everyone who is so passionate and like true to who they are and excited about local businesses and excited about their communities and like we all are essentially doing the same thing, but differently right. in our own communities because every community brings something unique to the table. And so just to have that like autonomy from day one of like, here's your training and here's what we're going to teach you and like the fundamentals of what you should be thinking about and here's what you're working toward. Having that like outlined of like, here is just this mission that we're working toward and having that set in stone and knowing like every day I'm going to wake up and I'm asked, why am I doing this thing? It's because my goal is to connect people to local businesses and it's serving the company and it's serving the community. But within that, everybody has the autonomy to do what they think is important for their community and what they, what resonates with them. Because like, I'm not going to plan an event that doesn't make sense for me and who I am because, right. because which is kind of a unique um, element to the way that they structure our group mm-hmm. in and of itself is that it's like here, this is what we're all, we're all working toward the same goals, but everybody can do it in their own way. That makes it's sense not like to a them. cookie cutter. It needs to like be an event in a box. Mm-hmm. They really want you to serve the mission of the organization, but do it in a way that feels authentic to you because that's how you're going to be connecting with the people in the community. Right. And so always having that element of like being able to throw an idea and at the wall and see what sticks and like be creative. That was like always part of like that nitty gritty aspect of like day one, here's what you're doing. And just supportive. And Mm -hmm. so I think the thing that from a company culture remote side of things we have so many opportunities to connect and collaborate and like we have our own little page of like community manager resources and like things that we can fall back on and like mentorship opportunities where people are like connecting and teams are sharing emails and IMing each other over a Google chat and like a bunch of different resources that we can all use to connect with each other mm-hmm. and so having that from like an emote, remote employee perspective, having the ability to feel connected to everyone on our team, despite the fact that there's someone 3,000 miles away from me is really awesome. That is really. And I love what you talked about with that, that training, like from day one, you had this training. And I think that's such a huge piece of this. And again, whether this is like your first day or you've been on with the company for however long, look at how people who are coming into your culture are being trained, like ask your HR people, what, what does the onboarding process look like? Has it changed since I started? Because we were talking about like how you become part of the team. And there's this moment where you've become for us, it's become a flyer. And what, what is that moment? And honestly, for me, it was when I got this NAS polo, I work at Nazareth college, I got this NAS polo. And I truly felt like I've always felt like I was part of this team, but it was like, Oh my God, like I'm a flyer. Like I got a polo and I'm out here. I'm representing Nazareth. And it just makes you feel proud to be in that position. And it was awesome creating just 
community and family vibes within the element of the greater picture that you're working within. Yes. And it's, and it was just wild. And, you know, when you think about when you're doing this onboarding experience, like what are the things that the, the people that are doing that training or doing that onboarding experience, what are they talking to you about? Like, what should you be proud of as being part of this family or part of this team? What is it that makes the company, what it is? And it's in, it's, it's employees. Um, one of the women on the panel, I love this, that she was talking about through their onboarding experience. They, they do this who we are training and they basically go through the history of the company. This is Wegmans that the woman was coming from. They talked about the history of the company and they talked about how the new people fit into that history now and how they represent the organization in their own special way. And again, going back to what we're talking about today is how do you influence company culture? Like, what do you remember from your onboarding experience? And how do you feel being part of the organization now? And what is it that you feel having been for me, I'm about three and a half years in, but even a year in, even two years in, even 20 years in, what is it that you love about your experience that you think people should know the first day they step into that organization or into that company? What, what can you contribute to that? So I would say, write those things down, understand what they are and how does it make your company what it is? Like that's a, that's a power that I think employees have that they don't think about too often. Cause you know, you do your day to day, you do your thing, but to think about what you like about it there and what you can contribute and how new people. And that starts to form that culture for them from day one. So think about if every single person that started their first day had that nugget of information about what you think as someone who's been there for five, 10, 15 years makes it special. They're going to feel that their first day and continue that kind of confidence and that kind of understanding of what it means to be part of this company. And I think that's super powerful. I'm taking notes because I am with a company that's relatively young. And so I love that because I would be interested to hear what some of the people who started like a year ago, two years ago, have like would say to answer that question, because I know my answer. Right. And I think For the people, because there are a lot of people that are veterans at the company that I work for. And I think that's really important to, to like ask your employees, why, why are you still here? Yeah. What really keeps you going? And like, what resonated with you from day one? Mm -hmm. And like, has that been a thread that's woven throughout your experience? And think about how that could impact if you're in a leadership position, how that could impact how you talk to your veteran employees or think about how that talk you talk to your new employees, like weaving those nuggets of information in, like you said, can be a game changer for people. Cause then you're instantly connected because you're like, we're all here at this company, but we all have totally different experiences. What makes us one? What makes us this powerful, amazing, fantastic organization? Um, which I think is super important. Um, uh, Another thing that I really like, so this is from a Career Contessa article that I found that's actually on how to have conversations around social justice in the office, which I do think is super important. But I thought a lot of the things that they talked about was relevant to the conversation around company culture. And one of my favorites was 
if you want to make an impact or make change happen, this can't just happen around the water cooler, the proverbial water cooler. Get on the agenda. And I thought that was a great piece of advice because they're like, make it real. Don't just don't just be like, well, I have this idea and I think it's really cool, but whatever. Like, I'll keep it to my... No, if you have an idea, then share that idea. But one caveat I will say is share it in the appropriate place. So it might not be at like your first meeting with the CEO might not be the best place to like rip on company culture or if it's praise then praise. But if it's something like, Hey, maybe we make this tweak, maybe. So sit with your supervisor. Like if you're in a a position that is not leadership at this moment, then bring that up with your supervisor, like do a dry run of what you're going to say, but put it on your agenda with your supervisor, make sure it's on that agenda, it's in front of their face, and that they know that this is something that's important to you. And they'll see that you value not only your position, but you value the the organization as a whole. Um, So I love that piece of advice from that article of just getting on the agenda in in general. I think that this is something that does come with a little bit more tenure at a a company. Like once you start to feel comfortable and you can, you know, you have thoughts and commentary and perspective. um, I think that's really valuable because it's actually something I've been trying to do more of in, in my role of just like, Oh wait, I have some valuable feedback I can provide here and not thinking like, no, that won't help. No one's going to do anything. I think like a dual perspective of like, if you're the manager and someone says something to you and like, this is just good management period. <laughs> like if someone says something to you and it's like, Hey, I have this valuable feedback, or this is something that I'd love to bring up to you or a project I have in mind. Um, and like actually workshopping it, talking with them about like how you can make it a reality or saying like, Hey, let me bring this up to Joe and giving recognition where re- recognition is deserved. I think those are things that really impact company culture and there's small things that you can do and when someone says something to you and brings it up as feedback you need to hear it and say I hear you I'm going to follow up on this and then follow up on it and if you're not one for like remembering things take notes set reminders Mm -hmm. what have you because I think for people to feel connected to the company's mission it just goes into this like important aspect of making them feel valued every single day Mm -hmm. and so to hear someone out even if it may not necessarily be like hey that's a that's not something we can implement at least just saying like giving a reason why following up on it following through on on your perspective around what that may turn into or like hey let's hold off and we'll talk about it Q1, 2018, whatever. So, and then from the the individual's perspective, just knowing that when you bring something up and like, hey, I noticed that there was a problem, here is a solution. Mm-hmm. I think it's sometimes when you're providing feedback in a way or like sharing some thoughts, it's easy to think about it in a complaining standpoint. And I, I think in order to like influence something in a positive way, saying, I noticed this and here's what I think might be valuable as an alternative. Or like, if we think about this in the future, here's something that might be something to consider. And not just saying like, hey, that was bad. 
Right. It's like, that's not constructive. Here, here is what I'm going to help. Like, I'd love to help with. Like, if you're the type of person to be like, I want to throw a solution in here. Like, if this is something that you care about, own it. Like, mm-hmm. like suggest like, hey, I'd love to talk to the person who's part of this team or this project or, you know, this element of the the thing that you're talking about and the way that you're coming to the table with putting it on the agenda and having that conversation. It's really important to say, like, I'm saying this as a thing that, like, is important to me. And so I want to be involved. Right. And like, again, such an important thing that will influence culture. Absolutely. And this is so lame. Actually, it's super cool. And I'm sure everybody will agree with me, but there's a song in the show Hamilton, which I know everybody's <laughs> super familiar with, but it's called in the room where it happens. And the line is like, I want to be in the room where it happens because you want to be influencing those decisions. But even just being in the room, like if you have those ideas and someone's like, okay, let's talk through these more. Like if you're not part of the conversation, if you're just talking about it with someone who isn't the influence maker, isn't the the person who calls some shots, then it's, it's not, it's not going anywhere. So you want to be in the room where it happens. You want to be on the agenda, but I totally agree with you, Brianna, when you say like, think about your own role within the organization, how long you've been there. And not to say that if you've been there a week, you shouldn't say anything, but give yourself a chance to know the organization a little bit too, and understand like how your office works or how the organization works or how, what the process is for sharing your feedback. What I loved. So I have a person that I work with who um, works for Apple And what I love about what he shared about his experience with Apple is that he said that in his training, it was one of the, a, one of the best trainings I've ever heard about where there is a, just a general sense of pride across the board for everybody that's going to be working in, in the retail store for Apple. But what he said was that at part of what they're responsible for is making their teammates better. And he said, we have this process where we go up to someone. If we have feedback, we can say, Hey, can I give you some feedback? And I was like, that is so freaking simple, but so amazing (laughs) because at this moment we were like, in my mind, I'm like, of course I want feedback, but I love how you're given the option. So, you know, the person in front of you has something that they'd like to share with you. You can either reject it or accept it. I always feel you should accept it because it's also taught that you give it in a way that is constructive. It's not rude or mean or hurtful, but it's this moment where you're like, can I give you some feedback? I think you're going to want to hear this. You know, what's amazing though, is that they build it into just training, the training, like this is going to happen and here's how you handle it. Right. And like, I think that's like the basis of all struggles among like manager to team mates to whatever like the whole dynamic is like how do you approach feedback in a rational and appropriate way and it's like if you know if it's baked in from day one you know that it's just part of the game and that everybody is working to be better and knows how to approach it in a constructive way. Absolutely. I just thought that was, I mean, I just want to go to sit in on that training and not actually work at Apple because I know that's a lot of customer service that I'm not ready to deal with. But I think sitting in on that training would just be such an awesome experience. Like that gets me so fired up to hear that a company is cares enough about their employees to say like, this is how this works here. And we want your feedback and we want you to be part of this, but like, this is how we do things. And this is why you want to be part of this company. And I just, I just 
love that. So that was one thing that I wanted to add. Um, to go off that, I recently listened to the How I Built This uh, episode with um, Howard Schultz from Starbucks. Love, love <laughs> Howard Schultz. Love him. And so to kind of piggyback off that idea, he had such... If you have not listened to it, we're going to link to it in the show notes because it's it's really interesting. And just like he literally changed coffee culture for ever for for the world (laughs) just kidding not the world for america (laughs) but um one of the the things that he talked about so there was a period of time which some of you may remember may have experienced there was a time where starbucks was not doing so great and like things just went downhill and like the company culture was suffering and i think like thinking about it in the perspective of like if you're in the midst of like a bad spot knowing that there's a chance to like rebuild it there is opportunity because starbucks has totally shifted the game so he was not ceo for a while brought back on and basically just overhauled the way like they they lost the foundation from which they were built and so his goal was okay we need to take all the store managers out of their stores like shut it down Mm -hmm. And closed a bunch of uh, their stores for a very specific time frame. And we're just like, sorry, we're going to lose a bunch of money, but it is important for us to rebuild everything. And so he was like, I have to be the one who's doing it because I helped create what this is. Right. And I need to be the one that steps in and is like, we need to figure out where things went wrong. And was like, we need to start back at the basis of like good customer service mm-hmm. and like how to make good coffee consistently. And consistently. thinking about the things that fall into your mission. Are is what you're doing reflecting what the brand represents and like what you had what what it was when you started. And like, yes, there's always room for evolution and improvement and and how things are going to change. It's just the nature of the business world that we live in. Mm-hmm. And when you think about where a company's going, you still have to have that foundation of what, like how, how you started right? and like where it came from. Mm-hmm. And if that's what changed the game, like if that's what made you successful and you lose that, then you will not be successful, which was really what was the truth in that situation is like something fell through the cracks. Right. And so they needed to piece it back together. And so what I thought was amazing about that part of the story that he told was just that he was like, we had to literally just like, you just, we cleaned the slate mm-hmm. and cleared it off. And we're like, we're going to start fresh guys. Let's do this together. Do we're this. all in it together and kind of rebuilding that family vibe and, and creating that element where it's okay. What do we need to think about? Who are we? And what are we trying to do? Right. And you rebuild from there. And what I love about that is I don't know if Starbucks has metrics for like a yearly review or an annual review. I know a lot of companies and organizations do annual reviews or, or however, but I would be interested to see what their metrics look like, because I think another thing that adds to company cultures when they're done correctly is a metric system where someone knows what they're aiming for. So you know what the expectation is and it's tied to your mission, and you understand that if these things aren't met, then you're not serving the company or organization well anymore. And I think for us, 
the center of what we do at Nazareth is about students and student experience and student success. And that's built into our metrics. I don't care what role you play on campus, what you do enhances student experience and student success. And I think everybody, you know, we all have numbers that we hit. We all have, you know, different quotas or however you want to call it. Um, not with my job, but we have, we have metrics that have to do with numbers, but my favorite metric is about what I'm doing to contribute to student success. And some days it's raising money for scholarships, which is directly what I do. And some days it's being able to sit down with a student who's lost or a new, a prospective student who can't find their way around campus and getting them on the right track and getting them to their destination. Because in some way, shape or form, how you move through your job and your organization impacts your mission. And for us, that's student success. But every organization has that impactful moment. And and I think that metrics are, when done well, a really wonderful way to measure, are you staying on track with fulfilling the mission? And then again, contributing to company culture and that consistency that you're talking about with Starbucks, that they had that, that struggle with for a little while. And now they're back on track, I think. Yeah. And I think that's the beautiful thing is that you can get back on track or like reroute the track. Yes. So one to go off your point too, I think that element of like kind of a, like a feel good metric, Mm -hmm. like having something that falls within your responsibilities on a daily basis of like, how are you celebrating whatever it is that matters to your company? And in our world, one of the things that we've been thinking about a lot is just like this storytelling element of like, how, how have we seen a small impact in our own lives, in our own community, with a business owner we connected with, a community member that we connected with. To know that what you do actually has an impact in some capacity, or at least like knowing that someone else has made an impact and that it's being celebrated. And to kind of kitty corner tangent our way to that direction is like make sure that you are finding moments to celebrate i think one of the things that um that we do as a company that i think is really beneficial our human resources team puts out a global engagement survey every year and it's a way for them to evaluate what's working get an assessment of like how are employees feeling about the company that they work for um And it kind of hits at a variety of different levels of like company culture, uh, pay and salary and compensation and um, being connected to like just other departments and teams and communication and transparency and all of that. And I think to be able to share feedback, give like a range of like one to five um, five being the highest mm-hmm. and then the option to comment too. So if you have thoughts around it or improvements that you can share or like something that's been impactful for you th- or like something that you saw that was really strategic, a strategic win, ha- adding that commentary and like actually what, what I've loved and noticed and been a part of, um, is that every year they always pull out the one or two pieces that were the lowest in terms okay. of response. And so to actually see like 
improvements that the company like we noticed that this was the lowest on the scoring and this is something that we're really trying to work toward we thought we were doing a good job but based on your commentary and your feedback we realized that it's not a total win and so here are the things that we're going to be working on to improve this we've set goals for each quarter Mm -hmm. and so they set out a plan for the whole year and they keep us abreast of all the things that are changing and that are they're evaluating one of the years i got to work on a committee that helped um because it was something that was very specific to the community team um, because, again, remote employees, one of the things that we wanted to to feel was more connected to um, some of the other departments in the community because um, or the company because we don't have that. And so to be able to actually help provide suggestions and like hear about stuff that the team is working on and have a conversation with human resources and just understanding like mm-hmm. what other departments are working on and just ways that we can always keep each other on top of of what's happening and like knowing that what we're doing actually matters to the company and so with that element of like asking for that feedback on a very holistic company level and then from within your team of saying like hey we want to celebrate these great moments like just today i got an email from my manager saying like have a great weekend here are some things to think about come monday um it's also going to be X, Y, and Z's people's birthdays. So make sure to send them like a high five or a cute gif and tell them that you love them. <laughs> so just again, those little acknowledgements, like it's like getting a thank you card. Which is the best feeling Which, ever. <laughs> love thank you cards. Love thank you cards. I believe in them. I will always believe in them. I think they are hugely impactful. Yeah. But I think what you're getting at, which is I think the core of what we're talking about in a way is communication. How are you communicating with your employees? How are you communicating with your supervisor? How are you communicating with other departments? And how is all of that feeding the, the culture of your organization or your company? Um, it's sometimes hard to take a minute to think about culture. I think when you're like, I have a job to do, like, you know, I don't have time for this stuff because I've got stuff that I, that's been on my to-do list. I got everything that I need to get done. I have no time to do it. But you think about if you take five minutes to think about, like you said, the fact that you have an opportunity to connect with different departments because of that committee that you are on even in places like me where I am a a literal walk away from different departments and we still maybe don't see everybody all the time or ever for that matter, that communication. And that's why we have these like bi-yearly events where we're hearing about updates on how everything's going in different departments and how everybody's doing. And I so value those because it's that moment where we all come together and kind of hear not just the good things that everybody's doing, but the things that we need to work on or updates in general. But that communication piece is so, so key. And it really helps people understand that they're not on an island and what they're doing does matter. And and again, like those are some not necessarily small things, but very important things to pull you out of like your grind your day to day of what you, yes, that's what you were hired to do. But I think anyone who runs an organization or a company will also hopefully say the way that you're feeling also matters and the way that we're communicating with each other also matters. So it's not just for me raising the money, but it is how am I helping students as I do it? Or how am I communicating with a different department in throughout the course of my day? So I think 
again, communication being kind of at the core of, of that mission is also super important to keep in mind as you in whatever level or whatever position you're in, how are you communicating with the people around you? And how is that? And and that kind of speaks to one of the things here about, you know, what is your role in all of this? How are you owning that role? Are you part of the problem? Which is a thing that I think a lot of people don't really want to come to terms with all the time. But in that communication sense, like really take a step back and say, what am I contributing? What am I not contributing? Before I go and have anything to say, think about how where you fall in all of this before you kind of just start going after something. I think that's super important to keep in mind as well. So, yeah. I think uh, communication, transparency, and celebration. All important. All important pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. And it goes back to hiring. thousand percent. Hire people who fit the culture and your culture will be maintained. That was a huge thing that was talked about at the women's leadership summit for this panel was that hiring, you want to know, you want to display the culture that exists and you want to make sure that whoever is sitting in front of you can interview you and understand what your culture is, but you're also interviewing them for the same culture and not just for the job that's there, but the culture that you kind of support as an organization. It's all, it all kind of feeds together. So to recap all of the things that we just kind of talked about, we'll have all of the articles that we mentioned in the show notes, but we'll do a list. We'll do a full list because we covered a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things that have an impact. And I think we all have a role in the greater picture of, of where we work and what we do. Mm -hmm. Folding that into everything makes a really big difference. Absolutely. So, should we break? Let's break. Feeling like a queen yet? Find us at Queen Speaking on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram and tell us all about it. See you next week.